Hi guys. So we got to see a family friend um, yesterday when Cecilia and I were working at the Grove and we were talking about how everyone was doing during the pandemic and it got me thinking about how depending on what you were doing for a living, certain people were hit much harder than others by this pandemic and by the restrictions placed on people's shopping and purchasing and just everything by the pandemic. And one of the things that strikes me is that even at this moment, there is still this sense of, well, we're, we're just hanging on until things go back to normal. And then once things go back to normal, like the old pattern will reemerge and we'll be fine again. Or maybe it's genuinely a sense of not quite sure what to do going forward. But either talking to this friend yesterday made me recognize how important it is to to be moving forward in some form or another with with wherever you're at because if if you're in a position where you're just waiting for things to return to some normal that's the most precarious position of all, and you're making yourself vulnerable to, um, really to real depression over what's happening because you have, um, because you have very little control over how people are going to behave in a given moment. All you have control over is what you do about how people behave, right? And I think we, we understand this when it comes to interpersonal relationships, right? The idea that you can't control somebody else's behavior, but you can control yourself. But we forget this when it comes to making a living. And not everybody. I know that there are plenty of businesses that have really hustled to change the way they do business and they've gotten themselves online and they've gotten themselves uh, they've gotten themselves set up to do business in this new world in this new way and and yet I see a lot of people in the the craft and art and making community who whose way of doing business has been vastly disrupted and yet they have not taken steps, real steps, to shake up how they do what they do. And I think part of it comes from if you've had some success in the past doing things one way, then you, then you end up feeling like if you move in a different direction, you might not be able to go back to the thing you were doing. Like I said, I don't think the thing that the thing you were doing is necessarily going to work going forward. And in the meantime, if you're too passive, you run the risk of 
just floundering entirely while you wait for things to go back to the way they were. So it seems to me that part of the secret, if there is a secret, to handling this moment gracefully is to adapt as swiftly as you can to the changing circumstance. And sometimes the adaptation you can make is not going to be swift. As swiftly as you can doesn't mean that it's going to be fast, but it does mean that you need to begin. One of the biggest things that I can think of that has made uh, artists, craftspeople, makers vulnerable to this pandemic is not controlling, well, two things. It's not controlling their supply of customers and sales, and it's not controlling their supply of materials. Let's take those each separately. So, not controlling your supply of customers in general means that you go through some middleman, whether it's a store or a gallery or a market that you take part in, or anything really where you are relying on something else to happen in order to reach enough people that you reach enough, uh, reach enough people that enough people find your work and buy it for you to make a living. And if that is the case, then you are going to be vulnerable to those stores and markets being disrupted by the pandemic. easiest thing you can do is to build up your reputation online and figure out how to make direct sales using social media so that people don't have to see you in person. They don't have to find your work in person. And this is hard and this is slow and it takes a long time to build up that reputation, but it will always be worth doing. It will always be worth having done that work later on. Even if it's not something that ends up helping you right now in this moment, it will help you in the next moment. And yet it happens so slowly that unless you have some discipline about it, it's easy to feel discouraged by the lack of momentum in that regard and to fall off the bandwagon. A couple things I can help you with in terms of that. If you are intent on building your social media quickly, then a lot of what I have said in the past about building your social media for yourself and building it in such a way that it feels sustainable to you, a lot of that can go out the window. Not forever, but while you have bigger fish to fry. And what I would do is I would find the accounts on Instagram, for example, that have the biggest followings in what you do and see how they do it. And then... Start from there and mimic mimic their way of photographing things, their way of using the different features of social media, and think about how you can create that same sort of content that's going to be eye candy for people. You need to attract eyeballs because you don't have enough followers or reputation to attract followers any other way. And so you need the eye candy. So teach yourself how to take good pictures and do the crass thing for now to get the eyeballs you need. I think if I were starting over with 
zero followers and zero name recognition, but knowing what I know about what can be done to build a, a platform quickly, I think I could. That would actually be an interesting little experiment. I think I could, but I still think it would take time. So you need to control the customers so that, so that you have work that is coming in that is not reliant on a, a middleman of any sort. The next thing you need is to control the supply of your materials. Now, this is obviously so case-specific. Um, but this is, I think, where the world is going in general. Is that the less you can be disrupted by supply chain disruptions, the more advantage you're going to accrue when others are disrupted by supply chain disruptions. So, if you can figure out how to do whatever it is you're doing uninterrupted then in those moments when everyone else is stalled you're not stalled sometimes that means choosing something where you actually control the supply yourself right so that's what spoon carving is for me it's something where i have an abundant supply of the raw materials i own all the tools necessary i can keep doing what i'm doing without much outside support in other instances, I know of very large businesses that are pouring tons of money into purchasing supplies for the next six months to a year. And they're doing it now with an eye towards possible supply chain disruptions later on this winter. And I think that that's really smart of them. One of the people I would like to really applaud for pivoting swiftly in this moment, and I've talked about him before, is Yoav Elkayam. Most of you guys know him. Uh, he's a spoon carver in the UK. And when this pandemic first hit, he was one of the first people I saw to really pivot swiftly to making blanks for other people. And he had been mostly teaching. That had been how he was making a living. And... I was super impressed with how he just pivoted almost immediately to this thing that he was uniquely well-situated to do and there was clearly a demand for. And one of the reasons why it was so critical for him to move swiftly was that there was all of a sudden a lot of people who were interested in making blanks, perhaps more than there were people interested in buying blanks. And so the people who were there early, like myself, and the people who moved swiftly, like Yoav, reaped the disproportionate benefit of that increased demand. But even if you aren't first or already there, you can still pivot yourself right now to whatever it is that you are situated to do and able to do and uniquely uh, 
ugly advantage to do. And I think it's more important than ever that we acknowledge that this pandemic is here for a while longer and make those shifts. And a lot of times it's going to require us to do things that we didn't want to do in the first place, right? Maybe it will require you to start teaching online and you really didn't want to teach and you really didn't want to spend all your time online. Or maybe it's going to require you to start making tools to help other people doing what you do and you didn't, you just want to do your thing. But when faced with circumstances outside your control where the demand is just not there for what you do in the way that it used to be. Any sort of movement, even if it's movement that feels like it's in a direction that you don't ultimately want to go, will be more helpful than just sitting still at this stage. Perhaps there was a benefit early on in the pandemic when we didn't have a sense of how long this was going to be of sitting still for a month, maybe two months, and feeling like, okay, sitting still is good. It's like it's a nice break from the usual frantic pace, like this is good. But at a certain point, you have to decide to move, even if it's not in the ideal direction, because movement begets movement. And if you really love the thing that you did so much, you'll find your way back to it. But I also suspect that many of you, if you move, will find your way to the next thing that you love. But you're only going to get there by taking a journey. Thanks for listening, guys. Talk tomorrow.